and welcome to NPR's Planet Money podcast. This is Laura Conaway. Today is Wednesday, September 24th. It's about 5.37 in the evening. And as you probably heard, Republican Senator John McCain, the GOP presidential nominee, has announced that he is going to suspend his campaign. He's going back to Washington to try to work on the White House's proposed $700 billion bailout bill for Wall Street. That bill has been getting an awful lot of pushback in Congress um, as it has gone on, with the Democratic side asking for a cap on executive pay for bankers and asking for protections for homeowners involved with bad mortgages. Democrat Barack Obama, who's also in the Senate with McCain, has announced that he is going to continue with his campaign. Earlier today, Alex Bloomberg and Adam Davidson sat down with Democratic Representative Brad Miller of North Carolina, and they asked him what it was like to be in Congress right now and dealing with a Friday deadline, essentially, for trying to pass this bill. There's been a lot of talk about the sort of dire consequences if this bailout package is not is not passed and passed quickly. Do you do you know about the the specific scenarios, these nightmare scenarios? Has have it, has anybody explained to you specifically what will happen if this is not passed? Like what are what is the worst case scenario here? Uh, it's been described as potentially pretty uh, cataclysmic. I understand that uh, Ben Bernanke uh, said that uh, if, if things went the way he feared they would go, um, nobody would talk much about the Great Depression anymore. And I and I I, I fundamentally believe it. I I, I know that the, we're dealing with an administration that uh, has not been mm, entirely truthful, um, and we're dealing with an industry that for the last year and a half has been saying, there is no problem, there is no problem, everything's under control, move along, nothing to see here. Oh, my God, the world is going to end tomorrow. And we need a trillion dollars. And we, uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So there's, there, there are two. There's the Bush administration and an industry, both of which have real credibility problems. Uh, but despite all that, I, I do believe we're in pretty dire circumstances. There's a visceral reaction, though, to the solution being proposed, which is, here are these people. They don't look like the rest of America at all. They have many houses, many cars, right. billion-dollar salaries. Um, and um, they got us into this mess by behaving sort of – you know, by making bad loans, bad decisions. And now the only way – and they've put us all at risk. And the only way to get out of it is to loan them $700 billion to give them almost a trillion dollars. Like so to give the same people who got us into the mess the money to get us out. And I'm not saying that that's not do, – do you – share that visceral, like, that just doesn't seem fair oh. solution, you, you know? <laughs> oh, do I ever, yes. And, and, and they seem to be completely clueless of how they are seen by a uh, very significant percentage of their fellow citizens. Um, I mean, they are making demands about what will be in the, the bailout package. Uh, they're drowning. It's entirely their own fault they're drowning, and they're making demands about what kind of rope we have to throw them. Uh, and I don't think they have any any sense at all of how Americans are reacting to it all. You're saying this is a massive crisis, yeah. and, you, and you do believe this is the worst. It sounds like you believe this is the worst financial crisis maybe potentially since, ever. Since October 29th, at the very least, yes. Yeah, of 1929. Um, is... But you don't want to take this action? Is that right? I, I, don't, I don't want to come out of this with an industry as crooked as the one that got us here. Uh, if we spend $700 billion uh, rescuing this industry, I want some real reforms. 
I don't want to come back and find in, in five years or ten years that they have created some other massive problem. Uh, I want to, to uh, reform the industry uh, and make sure that this doesn't happen again. And what happened here fundamentally is it, they, it wasn't just that they were inadvertent. Uh, they intentionally designed mortgages that homeowners couldn't pay. Uh, so that the homeowner would have to refinance. So people, homeowners would be caught in a cycle of borrowing and would gradually lose the equity in their home as house prices appreciated uh, to the whole financial services industry, all the people who were involved in all of, all of this, uh, all these lending practices. You think that was a deliberate choice? I, I feel morally certain <laughs> that it was a deliberate, yes, it was a deliberate decision. Everybody that you talk to, are they in agreement that something must be done and that this is, you know, as... There, there is, are there people that say, you know, maybe you don't, maybe doing nothing is the best of a bunch of bad options here? Uh, there are bad options. I'm not sure if Congress will pass it or not. Uh, there is a lot of outrage on um, on the Democratic side of the aisle that we are helping people who are as undeserving as anyone you can imagine, uh, who really are are in in dire circumstances not because they're trying to make an honest living by providing a necessary service, but by trying to make a killing uh, by uh, cheating middle-class Americans out of the equity in their home. On the Republican side, there's, a, there's an outrage at spending $700 billion um, and getting more involved in, um, in the industry. It, it, it doesn't fit the, uh, the theory the Republican theory, and and some are even calling it socialism. Mm-hmm. And and to talk about your own, like, I mean, is there are are you personally? Do you feel this like sort of heart mind divide? Like, God, I I guess we have to do this, but I don't want to do this. And or, or, or talk about the own your own internal emotional conflict about I, what to do here. Sure, I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to do. I I know what I'm going to do it, it, until the final vote is this push is to push for as much reform of the industry as I can possibly push for. Um, and then when the time comes that I put my card in the machine and decide how to vote on the floor, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to decide whether there's enough reform in the bill or not. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, um, and, just, and that's despite the fact that I do, I do believe we are on the brink of a, of a financial catastrophe. And again, that was Congressman Brad Miller talking to NPR Planet Money people, Adam Davidson and Alex Bloomberg. I also caught up with an economist, Raghu Rajan, who works out of the University of Chicago. He's the former chief economist of the International Monetary Fund. And last week, Dr. Rajan had told me that he thought that this bill, the $700 bailout bill, looked to him like a bit of election year politics, basically, that it was sort of thrown together with Republicans trying to look like they were in charge and Democrats trying to look like they were in charge and that there might be other options. And Dr. Rajan said he still thinks there's time. At the time we spoke last week, the two sides were saying, we're going to work this out. Yes, we are. And we're going to do it by Friday. Right. And it's getting pretty close to Friday, right? Um, I, I, you know, I, I think that uh, the immediate urgency for action has uh, has sort of uh, been uh, uh, been taken off uh, in part by the actions that the Fed and the Treasury have already taken uh, 
uh, including, uh, I think, guaranteeing the money market funds. The the big concern last week was that uh, there was a run on the money market funds, and the guarantees have stopped that run. Uh, and also, when the government I, stepped in and said we're going to extend insurance to money market funds the same way we do to savings deposits, basically. Exactly. And uh, the other thing that uh, uh, that has happened is the two banks that were under greatest attack, Goldman Sachs and uh, and uh, Morgan Stanley, have uh, transformed into commercial banks and thereby solidified their, their links to the government. And uh, that has bought them time also. So the immediate need has uh, has dissipated a little bit. Now, I would I would not say we're out of the woods yet. Uh, the cost of interbank borrowing is still unusually high, which suggests that banks don't trust each other, which is one of the one of the rationales behind this plan. Uh, let's try and remove the toxic waste from bank balance sheets so that they have clean balance sheets and they can trust each other again. So I, I would say that uh, we have some time, but let's not think uh, this problem has gone away. It hasn't. So this idea that we're we're running out of time, we're running out of time, what happens if we do nothing in the next week, a week from now, still no plan has come forward from Washington. Uh, let me put it this way. Some things need to be done uh, in, in short order in order to uh, uh, make uh, these markets work again. Uh, if banks are worried about each other's balance sheet and are unwilling to lend, uh, that is a real problem and uh, will affect economic activity over time. So we, that needs to be that needs to be fixed. Otherwise, we might see more bank failures and we might see uh, a, a, a fall in economic growth. There are other things where the fact that you're working on a plan and will come out with something in short order, a few weeks, maybe a month, not indefinite, uh, can be enough to reassure the markets, right? So uh, if uh, if you're saying, uh, well, we're we're working on the details of the recapitalization, we don't have it uh, done yet, but the banking system will be recapitalized, that will be good news also. So you don't necessarily see the apocalypse if a bill isn't passed by Friday? I, I would doubt that uh, there would be the end of the world. I do think, however, that it would be good for Congress to say we're at work on something and we hope to do it very soon and, and offer some tangible uh, uh, evidence of progress. And that was Dr. Raghu Rajan of the University of Chicago, an economist. And this has been NPR's Planet Money podcast. You can check us out at npr.org money. You can follow us at twitter.com slash planetmoney. And you can email us at planetmoney at npr.org. Take care.